BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Chop it down, chop it down, chop it down, you gon' chop it down. 
Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap or Die Yes sir, welcome back to another episode of Trap or Die Podcast I'm your host, Molly Maul, and here with the fellas, man, AJ and Dre. Let me get through the administrative items before I check in with the fellas. If you are watching and you brand new, man, welcome. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We definitely appreciate it. If you're on the Twitter side, uh, we can finally see y'all comments or y'all can stay there if y'all want to, but we appreciate it if you migrate over to the YouTube side, man, be a part of the show that way. We're going to have, the link is in the chat on YouTube right now. You can call in. I would suggest lining up now because we're AJ, Dre, and myself, we're going to be talking a little bit. But if you want to call in, get your thoughts on everything that's happened so far. Um, this is big news. It's surprising news. Um, so if you want to call in, man, open show, uh, you can definitely do that. Twitch side, again, welcome as well. Uh, follow if you are new on that side. Uh, we definitely appreciate you tapping in. Audio side, as always, uh, give us a rating and review. We definitely saw one. I want to give you a shout out. Where are you at? Hold on two seconds, player. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Um, Nick Jarvis, man, uh, five stars the other day. Great show, appreciate you, uh, big dog, for showing some love. Free to support, give us a rating review, all that stuff is appreciated. Now we're here, fellas. How y'all doing, dog? Y'all feeling all right, <laughs> bro? I I know AJ probably happy, but I'm just actually I've been laughing all day at our fan base. It's a funny fan base. I mean, just the reactions to what could be. Is hilarious, man. <laughs> it's been a meltdown. What's going on, AJ? Yeah, man. I'm I'm cool. I ain't necessarily happy or anything. I just uh it's it's been an intriguing morning, afternoon, and now evening. Um, as Maul, you just you know put something in the group chat uh, a little bit ago. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh something happens here before tomorrow morning before 10 a.m. tomorrow still still got possibility for it to happen tonight as far as like some type of tentative agreement um because you you pretty much down to the wire yeah 11th hour is uh what i said on twitter essentially for washington um and let's kind of so the the idea before we got all of the news um was to actually go through um you know ben johnson and and uh Mike McDonald's uh, conference championship games, obviously, right? And um, given that they both lost and so much news has transpired since, we can just really tap into everything that is that has come out at this point. Um, so what do we know right now? We know that Ben Johnson has informed the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks that he's no longer interested in pursuing a head coaching opportunities when staying in Detroit. Um, and then just as little bit as an hour ago, it's crazy because when I first saw this, I thought it was a fake tweet. Um, because I somebody tried to get some people earlier on a fake Adam Schefter account. So I thought it was a fake tweet, but I think it was Tom Palace. No, Albert Breer. Who was it? Was it Albert Breer that reported that um Bobby Slowick is going to be staying in Houston by yeah, Albert Breer, uh, by way of a I think an extension, a new deal. So he'll be available maybe around 2025. 
um, at the earliest. So those are the two items that we have. Uh, fellas, let's go ahead and start with Ben Johnson. Um, I'll kick it off by saying one thing, and then we can just get the conversation going. Um, I, I find it interesting that it was a, a narrative, like a like it was a foregone conclusion, conclusion that he was going to be the next uh, head coach. I know, and, and I'll be a, a liar if I don't acknowledge that I did think after who was it that got hired last around last Thursday? I think maybe Raheem Morris. I think it, I think that's who it was. Where I had suggested, I was like Ben Johnson is probably the the next man up. So I'd be a, I'd be a liar if I don't tell you that that I thought that he would have been the next guy. Um, but and and I bet on that. But but I was wrong. Um, I think plenty of people were wrong, but I, I don't think uh, we did ourselves any favors if you were one of the people who thought that it was 100% a lock. Um, and this is one of the surprises. Ben decided to stay in Detroit. That is the one thing I didn't see coming. Um, but I think there's a lot to say about the decision that he made. But also, in my opinion, and I got a whole bunch of Detroit Lion fans talking to me right now um but i thought the way in which he handled the the communication was terrible and and that can only tell me one or two things uh one either you got cold feet or, or two you just really didn't give a damn about seattle or washington given that washington was on the plane to go see you when they got the text according to ben standick um they were on the plane on the way to him um yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think that's any positive uh takeaway from that for any uh future head coaching opportunity for, for Ben Johnson. Not to say there's gonna be a detriment, but you you put yourself in a in a in a spot like that that you don't want anybody or any situation or any any um future employer to look at you in um in a, in, a, in that type of light. So I give y'all the floor, uh y'all opening thoughts on Ben Johnson's decision to stay in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when it comes to Ben Johnson, uh, they were like, from from my end specifically, uh, there were like rumors like you were hearing from like insiders and stuff. He didn't interview well. Uh, that's from like even last year. I'm pretty sure the same thing existed this year. Um, when you pretty much have had 13 jobs come available within the last year, 2023, 2024, and this is the presumed number one guy by the media pundits, uh, a lot of football executives uh, that are, are former executives, whatever the case is, he's deemed to be the top guy. And we kind of know how these hiring cycles work when you're that especially top offensive guru or whiz kid in a sense. Um, you essentially get those jobs. You get those opportunities. When, you're just, when you start seeing all these teams filling up their position – at head coach and Ben Johnson isn't one of the finalists or one of those names uh, affiliated with these organizations, you start to wonder what the hell is going on here. So um, for me, I never was like sure if it was a lock or anything. Of course, like everyone was saying that. Uh, but then when you started hearing like Adam Schefter's and the Ian Rappaport's like, it's not a lock. You kind of also knew that things weren't going great. You, You've been here, and especially this process, who's been having the great interviews, whether it be the Brian Callahan's, the 
Raheem Morris's, the uh, McDonald's, and, and so on. You haven't heard that yet of Ben Johnson. All you've been hearing of Ben Johnson is what he's proven on film. Uh, anything outside of that, you don't really know the leadership skills, whatever. But then when you have something leaked today, where it's like he didn't even tell the Washington Commanders brass that is flying privately <laughs> to Detroit to go sit down with him and Aaron Glenn, that he's no longer interested, like for him to not tell them face to face when they're flying to him directly, that just speaks volumes of the type of person he is and the type of head coach he would have been. So in my opinion, I feel like all the teams that have passed on him so far, it was a blessing in disguise, whether it be Washington, whether it be the Carolinas, um, Seattle, Tennessee, whoever the hell it is, right? They've all received a blessing in disguise because this man is not interested in being a head coach. He is scared of the grid. Like, as we would say, he's running from the grid. You feel me? Like, and that's cool. If you want to just be an OC, go be that. But don't yeah. put your name in the mix for head coaching jobs and sit down with teams and waste their time and their energy and resources when you're not fully vested in the true process of being a, a head coach. There's nothing wrong with being a coordinator or a positional coach. Nothing wrong with that. But the matter of, like, doing all these interviews, like, he just interviewed with the Seahawks last night. <laughs> you feel yeah. me? I, I want to. I just want to add to your point. To your point, I, that just just because I want to be clear too, there, and, and I'm 100 with AJ. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be an offensive coordinator or even thinking that you aren't ready right now. And I also 100 agree with AJ that if you are in this position where you feel that way, like you need to let your intentions be known way more clear or earlier than. You because at, at some you know that they're on a plane if, if they're going to see you at a certain time, you gotta know their itinerary, like they're in the air when you text them, so you gotta know that they're they're somewhere Bro, um, you, on their way to see you. You should be dressed and at the destination of where they're meeting you at. You feel me? Like, I don't know exactly where they're flying from, but let's say if it is DC, right? Detroit is about an hour 10, hour 15 on commercial. So privately, it's even faster than that. You should have already been at that location and, and dressed, you feel me? <laughs> like sitting down, preparing, going over your notes. So for me, it's it's a slap in the face. Like no matter what he says, it's a slap in the face that they even leak. And we not we not even getting to the point of the $15 million command of a salary. It's like you're not even serious, my boy, because a lot of people don't know that coaching contracts are guaranteed. They're fully guaranteed unless that coach decides to resign. So if you're signing a $15 million deal, you're going to get five years off break. Like that is a lot of money for an organization to commit to a, a person that's never been a head coach on any level, not even high school. You know, like you've had, you've had a, a amazing run as an OC for the last two seasons, right? For the Lions. But outside of that, there's nothing that says you garner to be paid more than a Mike Tomlin, a Sean McVay, a Kyle Shanahan, uh, a Pete Carroll, or almost close to the likes of a Bill Belichick. There's nothing that 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 screams that that should be happening. Um, so you know, for me, I'm not I'm not losing sleep about the Ben Johnson thing. Uh, I already had a lot of questions. 
Uh, last week we had Glover Quinn on. You know, he said his comments as a player, which you would like. I'm pretty sure that players wouldn't like a coach that was one foot in, one foot out. Kind of reminds me of uh, Bobby Petrino, in a sense, back in the day with the Falcons, where it was like, man, D. Hall told me so many times of the story, you feel me, where it's like he pretty much just dipped, dipped out on him. Like, he wasn't committed to the job. And there's nothing wrong with, with that, you know, with, with Ben. It's more so just being intentional with your process. Like, and we pretty much didn't see someone being intentional with that. Now, Watson is in a place where the the remaining names that we know that they've interviewed is Aaron Glenn, Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald, and Dan Quinn. So we got to look at connections here. Dan Quinn... Well, hold, hold on, just so we can, so we can, just so we, we gonna, we gonna have, we gonna have that conversation too, AJ. I just wanna make okay. sure we, uh, we, we get the Ben, Ben thoughts out because Dre, Dre, you go ahead. Um, one thing in the chat, uh, who is this? JB Johnson, appreciate you checking in, big dog. He said, "Why are we absolutely sure that Schloeg is out?" Um, we're going off of Adam Breer's reporting, and he reported just about a little over an hour ago, maybe less than an hour ago, that. He signed a deal to stay in Houston. So he's going to be there at least 2024. I mean, you ain't going to sign no deal unless you get a head coaching opportunity or unless you really just think you ain't ready like Ben Johnson and you're just going to stay, get a new, get a little bit more money uh, and work with CJ Stroud for at least another year. Um, Dre, let's get your thoughts on Ben. Um, let's talk a little bit more um, about some more angles and then we can get into the candidates that's remaining. Hey, I'm honestly not going to be too long on this because y'all pretty much said everything I had to say on Ben. But I mean, yeah, I mean, my issue, one of the issues I had with it was, I mean, if you even if you feel like you're at the point where you don't want to do this or you're not ready to take that opportunity, at least meet with them. They're on the way to see you. So it's like you can at least give them that, you know, that courtesy of meeting with the team. I mean, that to me, that's kind of a bridge burner in a sense, because, I mean, as people have said all day, what if Ben? isn't that guy next year? Or what if the Detroit Lions fall off next year? Then you're not the hot candidate anymore. And then they're going to go look back at the situations where you've already spurned multiple opportunities over a couple of years. Why are we going to waste the resources and in putting you into priority candidates, you know, going forward? So, I mean, that's one of the things from the Ben Johnson angle from his end that I just, you know, didn't like or I didn't agree with. But overall, I've been saying from the beginning, I, I wanted a fair process. You know, I mean, I know that Ben was being linked and, you know, all of the smoke was there. And I started believing the smoke for a little bit. But I wanted a fair process where at least, you know, it wasn't some predetermined favorite. Like they were going to really evaluate all of the candidates and they were going to, you know, make a choice at the end to say, OK, this person, while that's the most, you know, their vision aligns with us. Let's go. I was always skeptical of the Ben Johnson thing. Like, what is his connection with Adam Peters? I mean, I don't know. I mean. They, they even asked him in the interview. He did, He said he didn't know him too well, and he was hoping to get to know him. So to me, I'm like, how do you know that your vision aligns with this guy? I mean, I know that he sounds smart and he has a good reputation at this point, but you just don't know how he aligns with you going forward. I mean, I don't know what ultimately it came down to for Ben Johnson, but for me, I have to kind of jump to the assumption that he just wasn't ready. I mean, and to me, that's a little concerning when you're talking about wanting that head coach, a guy that's not confident in himself, because – it's weird to see a guy turn down the opportunities two years in a row, because as I already said, this opportunity isn't always there. It's like a window for these guys in that coordinator spot. Like you can miss that window and Ben Johnson can miss the window. 
But, hey, I mean, that's only him. I'm just kind of glad that we are kind of focused on having a good, fair search and, you know, made the best man win. But see, but see Dre, the, the thing that he gets to lean on, and I tweeted about this earlier, is privilege. Oh, my Lord. It's privilege. I didn't, like, when I say privilege, that just means exactly what it is, privilege. Because it's only 32 jobs within the NFL ranks, right? Like, whether you're a minority or you're a Caucasian coach, you're a positional coach, not a coordinator, whatever, if this opportunity comes and someone wants to give you a job, like, you should be more than ecstatic to take this opportunity. Look how long Raheem Morris, you know, took to get that second opportunity again. And he's been dying to do that again. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is 60-plus years old. Like, he went through this cycle last season. He's 53. He's been I don't even know. So he's old. At the end of the day, we we know how they pushing all the old people out. Like Lou, uh, M- yeah, that ageism is real in the NFL. Swear to God, how do you say Lou's last name? The Bengals, DC. Like he hasn't got an opportunity to be a head coach. We just watched Steve Spagnuolo do what he did, you know, and he's been doing for the Kansas City Chiefs as DC. He's not getting fair looks. We got to. He was horrible. He was really bad, though, AJ. Like, Spaz was really bad. But he (laughs) went in range as a top dog. Yeah. But he did that before when he was with New York, before he went to the Rams. But that Rams tenure was worse than Dan Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) It could be bad. It's still, he may never get an opportunity again. You think if, if a team presented him an opportunity to be a head coach, he he would bluff at it or, or be like, oh, you're not going to pay me $15 million? It's just some people's prerogatives are, are, are different in how they're aligned and what they want from life and their career is different. And that's why I say, like, the privilege, no matter what happens with the Lions next season, his office could go from being – it could be 28th ranked next year. He's still going so- to get a look at being a, a head coach because that's just how the NFL works. And it he's just always going to have an opportunity, essentially. Like, it, well, it's I want to add Golden Boys. I want to add one thing, though, because part of your conversation when you mentioned privilege, AJ, no, I, I don't know if it was a privilege conversation I saw on Twitter. No, it was it was something separate. Um, But it was like, it's the inverse of what Eric Benjamin is going through, bro. Like, uh Johnson has the opportunity to turn down <laughs> turn down jobs and interview offers or 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 potential head coach offerings uh and like he knows that he'll have more down the line whether it's um whether it's a uh, one or two op- openings and they they like yo I want like we have this team already like it's set for you like we got the pieces already right you don't have to worry about a rebuild right and 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 you can just take over this team right or uh, if it's another avenue, but then you look at uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Um, you look at uh, uh, what's that man's name, Byron Leftwich, right? Who was at one point was a very hot commodity. Uh, Bieniemy was a hot commodity. Well, excuse me, let me. Byron won a, that. a damn uh, championship. Byron with, won a super brain. So he's he, 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 he not an OC no more, is he? And he he's not even an OC, bro. I, I don't even think he's he coaching the, the league right now. I, I he, thought he was going to get the Steelers job. <laughs> Nah, so so you got Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, right? Like their their sizzle has completely gone cold. 
Um, and even to an extent, to uh, to give credit, I think it was Road Chaser. I think you know him, Dre. Um, who did he mention? Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore died out quickly too. But as the example of those three coordinators in recent memory, right? Those are people uh, that can be just as just as similar of a situation as Ben Johnson if if he don't play his cards right. Um, but to that point, and just and just circling back, like I feel like he's moving as if he knows that he'll have opportunities down the line. And I don't know what the future may bring for him, but I do know like you got to be careful with the way in which you're gambling because um, if you know that you're not ready, like it's nothing wrong with taking an extension and staying staying much longer, uh, but wasting people's time in the sense of like even going to this level to this extent of an interview process, right? Like it's it's, it's no point, bro. Like if you're not if you like matter of fact, Glover Quinn said it. Some people are, are best when they're when they're just focused on X's and O's. Yeah, like if, yep. if that's something that you're comfortable with, bro, just stay there. Just stay there, man. Um, okay, here we are. Uh, so we had Ben Johnson tap out. Uh, Bobby Schloick, I don't know if he was really in the mix. Do we have any thoughts on Bobby Schloick? Uh, only reason why I say that is because I, I feel like out of all the candidates that were mentioned, especially on the offensive side, uh, I think that he was probably like the youngest. I don't, I don't even know if that's fair to Ben Johnson because Ben Johnson was pretty young too. But like Bobby Schloick seems like he's not necessarily developed himself or established himself in his league similar to Ben, but he wasn't necessarily considered uh around the the conversations that somebody that you need to watch for uh or look out for in the head coaching search do we have any thoughts on bobby i mean i think bobby bobby has had a more um tenured nfl career than than ben johnson i just think um you know with that situation it just wasn't it just wasn't the time yet um my friend actually represents ben johnson and uh Gerard Johnson the quarterbacks coach of the Houston Texans as their agent uh and it just didn't pan out to be the timing you know next year who's to say that doesn't change you know maybe some people that were in on the Ben Johnson thing you know will start having more conversations with other organizations and and their decision makers about how Ben Johnson played the situation and now Bobby Slowick is the number one guy going into next offseason with projected jobs such as the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, and so on, possibly being those opening spots. Yeah. It's uncommon to get a raise one year into your deal. Like, he, he, he just got the job in Houston. So to get a raise one year into your deal – kind of kind of says a lot like it, it kind of pinpoints to the fact that he'll be one of the the top two guys next year if if everything keeps you know trending upwards with cj stroud in the texas offense yeah and i was just gonna say i mean with slow he can be in the position like you said as ben johnson was this past offseason as kind of an elite coordinator or the lead candidate or the hottest candidate next year i mean this year it made more sense for me, or at least, you know, with him staying the same way it made sense last year with Ben Johnson, like, all right, you know, I'm kind of new on the scene at the office of coordinator. I got one hot year right now. I'm going to give it another go. And then next year, maybe I'll have my pick of the crop because Sloak didn't have that at this point in time. Like no one really had him at the top of their list. He's just a guy that everyone's kind of intrigued with, like, kind of like Ben Johnson last year. So, you know, he goes back one year. That makes more sense. But it kind of. 
I know this was something that a lot of Commanders fans was looking at with Slowick um, after Ben Johnson because there's been a question and there's been some kind of debate within some guys in the fan base at least. They think that the only path to success going forward is with an offensive head coach if you have a or at least one of a franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I do get where they're coming from. You can still have success going forward with a defensive guy. You just got to hire the right people. You got to have a backup plan in place for the first plan because obviously your offensive coordinator can get poached. But I know that's one of the things with Slowick that made me think about that because I know Commanders fans think he was kind of the last resort that if they didn't get Ben Johnson, this was the guy you want if you're getting a franchise quarterback going forward. Yeah, um, I, I think for the defensive side of the things, Dre, I, I'm glad you said it because we can kind of steer our way to Mac, Mike McDonald. Um, this isn't a situation where we're looking – like I've seen people – bro, when I tell you a full meltdown, like I've seen – F. Ben Johnson, I've seen, man. Well, I guess, I I guess we're we're SOL. We ain't got no more offensive staff members. I mean, or, or offensive candidates. So we're just gonna go ahead and uh, tra- uh, traumatize our rookie, or whatever the word is. Like we got our, we're gonna put our rookie behind the eight ball, our rookie quarterback, because uh, that offensive coordinator is gonna be gone in two years. Um, all these th- thought processes where we're forgetting the main goal. Like I think our, our main idea or main situation here that we really need to pay attention to is the, the vision that our uh, Adam Peters, right? Like what did he said? And, and what did the guy above him and uh, Josh Harris said? It, it was all about leadership. It was all about communication. It was all about all these other things. And we're so focused. Uh, and, and when I say we, I don't necessarily mean us three because we've been consistent on this show. Um, and when we talk to each other, our main thing has always been about leadership. It's always been about how you communicate, right? Um, it's always been about everything that is important in terms of leading a team and then the X's and O's. Uh, and, and that was where Raheem Morris fit, right? For some of us, that was where, um, I mean, to an extent, you know, Dan Quinn, you know, you can't deny it if, 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 if there's plenty of people out there suggesting he's a leader, it may just be not not the one that people want to hear because he's in his fifties or, or sixty three. Let 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 AJ tell me. let AJ tell me he in his sixties. But but I just think for for us when you look at that defensive side of the football, man, uh, while it's, it can be unappealing to some people, man, I think leadership is the most important quality, and and I don't know what their hire is going to bring. We're going to find out soon enough. But if you if you follow along the lines of what Peters wanted and what uh Josh Harris wanted, this is 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 not over with. There's still a couple candidates out there who can really get the job done. Uh Mike McDonald is somebody when we ask about Ben Johnson, right, and his his situation in terms of like what what's known for him being the leader, uh Mike McDonald's has had way more public endorsements compared to Ben Johnson. Um, and then you have Dan, you have Dan Quinn out here, Dakota. You have Dan Quinn that's still out here, and it's the same thing—a defensive coach, but also a person who is known to 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 lead and 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 be able to develop players and things like that. So, I it's it's frustrating for some people, and and which has contributed to a full meltdown for some. 
but this ain't the end end all be all and, and i think if mike mcdonald's out there who is currently i think in seattle uh interviewing for their their position uh that don't mean that you know he's gonna pull a bend like he can be just as professional taking that taking that interview and still saying you know what i think washington's the best fit you don't know like but but that's also a possibility yeah and honestly maul like <laughs> i don't hate any of the coaches left on the list. I mean, I know that the Dan Quinn thing is getting a lot of buzz within the fan base. People are having the meltdowns. But, Mike, I will say that Mike McDonald would be my preference at this point. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. I mean, for me, and, you know, he is a defensive guy, and I do see the leadership thing coming from him. I mean, you love how he's ran that Baltimore defense. And then you hear some of the comments about him that, He's kind of like that McVay or in that McVay mode, but on the defensive side of the football, he studies the film, he studies the game. I mean, and it seems like he gets the message out of his guys, like his guys respond to him. Like he's a guy I definitely will be looking at. I mean, but it's also, you know, I don't know if we're going to get him because obviously he's interviewing with Seattle today, but, and, and then Dan Quinn is obviously getting the attention, but then there's Anthony Weaver. Like I'm looking at that Ravens pod right now and I'm looking at Anthony Weaver as possibly the dark horse guy. <laughs> like, I mean, because, if they don't get Mike McDonald, I mean, I don't know if how plugged in, you know, this new regime is, you know, with the fan base or how in tune they are with the pulse of the fan base. I remember going back to 2008 when, you know, Jim Fossil and the coaches search for that ended up with Jim Zorn. Jim Fossil was bet. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has played of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc reported to be the head coach at first and everyone fell back on it pushed back you know it was revolt but then they ended up not hiring him going to jim zorn and i think that was the pushback that the fans got that's what the reports were and that kind of feels like what's going on with the dan quinn thing i mean not to say that they've even leaked anything that they want dan quinn but what if they're seeing the pulse of the fan base like no we can't sell the fan base this guy then there's anthony weaver anthony weaver would be a guy that no one really knows about but if you really study their Ravens organization, a lot of people say he's one of the dudes. Like, he's the voice in that locker room. You know, he's the one that people uh, listen to. And then you hear the things what Adam Peters is saying. They're saying, well, we're looking for a leader of men. You know, so, you know, a lot of people may not know him. They may not know how he can call a game or call plays, but that's not necessarily what you're looking at. Glover Quinn said that last time. He doesn't care if his head coach knows X's and O's or calls X's and O's. He wants his head coach to be a leader. So the Anthony Weaver thing is my dark horse pick because, like I said, he, he's a guy. If you can't get McDonald, I do think McDonald may be the guy they probably want. I mean, this is me speculating because no one knows. Yeah. But he has a choice right now. He has a choice between us and the Seahawks. Now, I'm just saying if he doesn't choose us and it's hard to sell Dan Quinn, you got to look at the Anthony Weaver guy. 
And he's a guy that could be somebody that's been under the radar that could come in and be exactly what this franchise needs. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think everything's on the table. Even Eric Bieniemy getting the job, everything is on the table. Like, hey, don't tell them people that follow Hog Saving. I told y'all, <laughs> I showed y'all, I showed y'all what I put out there. They hate it. They they even asked me to get fired. That's not even my job. I just. <laughs> They said, hey, fire, they said, fire yourself from tweeting. I said, you, you mentioned him. You brave, bro. You are brave. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. So, I mean, it's like every, everything's on the table. But like I said, I feel like a lot of what's been going on Dan Quinn-wise has been a, a push from agent to the insiders trying to get his name out there and make him seem in demand uh, so that someone could push forward to, to give him this job. But, I mean, the Pierce connection is he knows Seattle in and out. Like, he he coached the mm-hmm. early, the Richard Shermans, the Bobby Wagner. Legion the Boom. Browner, the Cam Chancellor. Like, he has that connection there. So, if Seattle hasn't yet to commit to him to the job, it's like we kind of got to push that narrative. Like, he's he's – pretty much up there for the commander's job or or what you feel me there's only two jobs remaining at this point so it's like if he isn't you know getting the the energy that he expected from seattle right now they just kind of got to try to keep pushing his name but i feel like we'll we'll know a a, a head coach by latest tomorrow morning by 10 a.m man like because right now you're you're kind of like not necessarily scrambling, but you've identified who your finalists are, and now it's about going and securing who you really want as your guy. I mean, we've seen them go and secure their guy that they wanted to lead football operations, and Adam Peters. It's now time to apply that same pressure to who you want as your 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 head coach. Is it Mike McDonald? Is it Anthony Weaver? Is it Aaron Glenn? Is it Eric Bieniemy or Dan Quinn? Um, yeah, that's those are the finalists for the opportunity. No one new is about to come into the picture. There's no Belichick. There's no Mike Vrabel. There's nobody else coming into the picture. It's out of those, what was it, five, six names I just said yeah. that, yeah. that they'll be picking from. I, I feel like at this point, the fan base just needs a head coach. They'll be mad at whoever it is. Um, as we all stated with Ben Johnson, it was it was becoming another Sam Howe situation. Uh, <laughs> a lot of that was yeah, that's right. That's right. They feel they felt like, oh, he's a former UNC quarterback, alum, connection with Sam Howe. This little one video that seems to be the only piece of light <laughs> video that Ben Johnson has. Single boat. <laughs> member. Uh, floating with the interaction with dry, dry ass conversation with Sam Howe, you know, those people are, are clamoring to their hopes of, Hey, we still have our guys, just the, the wrong coach. But yeah, all, all of that is over with. I'm so uh, glad about that portion because we don't have to keep thinking about Sam Howell or those conversations coming up on social media or within the fan base, or even here on the show with some of the comments, uh, while we're doing the show, you know, there'll be a new head coach. I feel like I can guarantee by tomorrow morning. Well, we're going we're gonna to find out, I would say for sure this week. Um, initially, what what's today? Tuesday. I initially said, I think it was either earlier today or yesterday. 
uh, we'll probably know something about by Thursday because you got to think uh, just in general, um, you know, every announced or reported interview for Washington this week was Monday and Tuesday. So they want to wrap this up for sure by the end of this week. Um, so we should know something for sure, regardless of what day this week, for sh- we'll, we'll know something. Um, I, I put this up here from Roger Klein. First off, everybody that's tapped in, man, a huge show. I appreciate everybody checking in, uh, whichever way you are watching. Um, like and subscribe if you are on the YouTube side. We definitely appreciate that. If you're on Twitch, man, hit that follow button. Twitter, what's up, man? Big Dap, I see you um, on that the Twitter side, man, for checking in for a little bit. Um, we do have an open show. Uh, we're gonna close that. We ain't about to take that. It's, it's, it's getting about that time. So if you want to call in the YouTube side, the link is in the description. You can call in. We, we probably got room for a caller or two, depending on how much time left. If you want to call in, you can definitely do that, man. It is an open show uh, and get your thoughts off. But Roger Klein on YouTube said, What about Brian Greasy becoming OC if we get a def- defensive coordinator as head coach? I think there's one thing that's important when we think about this. Um, and we're going to address the elephant in the room or the ugly, the ugly duck. And I put in quotations for those that's listening. Um, Eric Bieniemy was on a two-year contract. And I think that was probably the smartest thing that whoever signed him, Ron Rivera, maybe could have done. Um, he interviewed for the head coaching job, right? I don't know who put out that information now in terms of like the details of his, his interview. Cause they said it was very detailed. He had a thorough plan, all those things. I don't know which side reported that whether it's his agent side the enemy side or if it was the team who was really trying to throw him a bone or something like that but it's funny because i now that i literally just said that out loud i don't know now if it's if the team was trying to throw him a bone because if they if the reports now are suggesting that ben johnson was never a, a lock how do we know that Eric Bieni was being being given a bone or or given a bone for the NFL when maybe it's a soft landing for whoever the Washington brass and Josh Harris is sitting here saying, you know what? I like this court. I like this coordinator to take over as head coach, but I think the enemy deserves a second time or a second try in Washington when we can properly address the offensive line. We can properly address the skill positions. We have the number two overall pick now. We can get a coordinator. I mean, excuse me, get a quarterback. Um, and then we can try again. But as long as me, the general manager, Adam Peters, identifies our quarterback for the future moving forward, and I'm okay with however this season turns out, because if it doesn't work for being me in this new environment, in this new situation then we can find something better. But I'm going to give Eric Benjamin a shot who's under contract because last year was a was a was a shit show. Everybody <laughs> sucked. And I'm going to go ahead and give Benjamin another try. I think what's not fair for Benjamin is trying to pin him down 110% for everything that turned out with that offense because that offense was terrible. Um, and yes, the enemy played a, a role in how that offense performed. Yes, the enemy played a role in how he was able to protect or inability to protect his quarterback from his own from him, from from his own self. But I think when when the grand scheme of things, 
when you think about contingency plans or those backup plans, I think having Eric Bieniemy on staff and giving him a second shot with a fresh start where the circumstances aren't so uh, rare, right? Um, you got a head coach who's on his last legs. He's probably a sitting duck. He, you know, he's probably gone. Um, Sam Howe, you decided to go with Sam Howe as your as your quarterback, and 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 it only took you one game to decide that he he deserved all seventeen games. No, let's go ahead and give you somebody else to work with, and let's see if we can try to revamp this offense and and all these other things. I think that Eric Bieniemy is is I'm not I don't think he's a lock, but I think there's a reason why you have somebody in there that you can interview in house and give him one opportunity similar to what Jay Gruden did for for Jim Hazlitt, similar to um uh also what what Jay Gruden did with with Sean McVay. Um these are holdovers from the previous staff. He kept Sean McVay until he got a head coaching job, but he fired Jim Hazlitt. I just think that there's opportunities here that that people aren't really taking into consideration with Eric Bieniemy this regardless of how they feel about the person or or their opinion of him in a terrible year for the offense altogether. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, um, a, a lot of the candidates that they've been interviewing have been defensive-based. It was very few offensive guys that were interviewed. The Slowick, uh, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson. Uh, when you look at Eric Bieniemy and just the overall, like, coaching staff need of OCs in the league, I mean, if if we created a, a ranking list, Eric Bieniemy would still be – probably in the top three, I would probably still have him in, at my number one of available guys that have done it before. Like we've seen Kellen Moore already leave the Los Angeles Chargers to now go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Is Kellen Moore significantly better than Eric Bieniemy? Not in my opinion. Arthur Smith is now with the Steelers as their OC. Is he better than Eric Bieniemy? No. Ken Dorsey who got fired by the Bills in season is now the OC for the Cleveland Browns. And Kevin Stefanski is now pretty much a, uh, (laughs) he's a manager of coordinators and and no longer calling plays with the Cleveland Browns. Is Ken Dorsey better than Eric Bieniemy? No. Like if you look around the league at OCs, Eric Bieniemy is the top guy. So you have that benefit of still having him under contract and still being able to utilize the services with whoever's hired, of course they could go and pivot a, another way. But even if you look at the connection of Mike McDonald, uh, Baltimore Ravens, DC, and, and possibly getting this job with the commanders as, as head coach, the Ravens wanted Eric Bieniemy, but just didn't wait long enough to, to make that hire because the fact that the chiefs were advancing in the Super Bowl and they, it took forever for them to be able to, get an opportunity to sit down with him. They hired Todd Mockin, who was available because he was a college OC. So there's already some type of connection or conversation that has taken place with Mike McDonald and his staff as far as, hey, what did you think of the idea of bringing in uh, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs to be, your, uh, to be the OC while you're the DC? You see what I'm saying? Everything is like connection-based-wise. And I feel like if Mike McDonald does get the job, it's a strong possibility that EB returns as as the OC. The the Twitter fans, the the fans that call into the radio stations or write comments on Hogs Haven, whatever, 
don't make decisions. And the reality is we all know that Eric Bieniemy is a smart-ass coach. Overall, maybe it didn't work this year with Sam Howe, but we don't also know what happened behind closed doors. But those commanders' ownership group definitely knows exactly what was going on, exactly what was happening that we didn't even see. We saw, like, EB get thrown under the bus by Ron Rivera. We've seen how things played out with the selection of Sam Howe. We've seen the no quarterback competition between Howe and Brissett. We've seen when Brissett came in for Howe in these games, how different the offense looked. Like, those are the things that we all were able to see. But the things behind closed doors that Mitchell Rails, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, and, and, and Mark N have been able to see with their naked eye is completely different. And that's why EB is still within the fold. He was granted the opportunity to do an interview. And in that detailed interview, he laid out to them exactly why Sam Howe wasn't really his guy. He just rolled with the puppies. <laughs> he, he hey, man, that's what they gave me, man. Look, look what Ron gave me, bro. Look what I'm supposed to do. Hey, Josh, come on, bro. Like. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I got going on, bro. We get hey, Jaden Daniels, bro. I'm a. I'm a. Hey, look. I'm a turn shit up, bro. Tell you that right now. Because I mean, you even think by the time that Eb could take a job, the only job available to him was the Commanders, because the Ravens had just hired Monken, and he wasn't returning to the Kansas City Chiefs because he had no contract. So, I mean, yeah. Someone even just brought up in the chat like Eb wanted to hire Greg Lewis, the wide receivers coach from Kansas City to come to Washington, but that couldn't oh, happen Jeremy. because of whatever reasons, I guess, financial stuff. Uh, Greg Lewis ended up taking that job with the with the Baltimore Ravens and, and turned out being their wide receivers coach. It's all connection-based. And then we also can't forget the other connection. The Eugene Sheen guy is connected to Mike McDonald. Mind you, too, one thing, Andre, you got the floor. Um, with the EB part, uh, Godson Terrell, what's going on, big dog? Appreciate you checking in. Um, EB only had little influence. AJ, you mentioned it as well. Never forget, EB said in a press conference, fifty-one percent of the the control goes to Ron Rivera, and he only has forty-nine percent. So whatever whatever Ron says goes. He said it in a lighthearted manner, but odds are it's not fifty-one percent. It's probably like seventy-five, twenty-five. Ron Rivera, um, and and whatever he said went. To that extent. Uh, but, Dre, you got the floor in terms of your, your thoughts here with this EB conversation. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a little different than y'all on EB. I'm not as high on him. <laughs> but at the same time, I also don't hate him as much as a lot of other fans do. And my thing is, if he's going to be considered for the OC position, you know, obviously, if they hire one of these defensive guys, I mean, I hope it's because he flat out wins it. You know, maybe it's an interview process. I don't know uh, if these defensive guys have already had someone in mind because those are questions you have to answer in interviews as a defensive guy. You have to answer who are you bringing in staff-wise. I mean, maybe they've already had that answer, or maybe they've said, hey, we'll consider a couple of guys. We got a couple of guys in mind, maybe Eric Bieniemy, like you already have him here. We can interview him, whatever. But I hope it's not pushed on them. And, you know, like I said, I want this to be – a collaborative effort, effort in a real collaborative effort. Like the coach has his say because we've seen this situation where a coach doesn't have his say over staff. That happened with Bruce Allen and Jay Gruden. Like <laughs> they say Jay Gruden never really had the power to kind of hire his coordinators in a sense because some of those hires went back to Bruce Allen's connections. So, I mean, 
obviously I'm not, I don't want to compare this regime to this last regime because they seem to already be handling things professionally. But at the same time, I still want the coach to have, you know, his say in that. And the reason, especially with a guy like EB, regardless of what you think about his system, what you think about what he did with Sam Howell, EB has, from what we can probably all agree to, is an acquired personality, acquired taste of personality, which means that he may not mesh with everyone. And it could be kind of one of those situations where you might have a power struggle in a sense if you don't understand his personality. You know what I mean? Like as a defensive guy, you know, you might have that kind of clash because if the defensive coach maybe kind of focused a little bit more on the defense than he is the offense, then you're kind of giving Eric full autonomy of the offense. And then there may be issues where you might clash. So, I mean, it could be a personality issue. Like I said, I don't know. I mean, I just want to make sure that whoever's making this decision, the coach, everyone's on board if they're bringing in a guy like Evie, because that's something you got to have, have to kind of consider. And and here's another thing. If we think that they possibly could try to move up to get a Caleb Williams, who have they been comparing Caleb Williams to? Man, I ain't trying to hear that, bro. I know what you no no not, not, <laughs> no not 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 with AJ, not with you literally, right? right? Not with you literally, AJ. Oh no, I'm, I ain't taking it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, I, saying, but if you if you if you hear the, the comparisons, like Caleb Williams is like the next Mahomes, who coached Patrick Mahomes and led him to those championships. You feel me? Like, I told y'all how I'm feeling about Jaden, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I feel like. Uh, well, I'm, we're going to say this for a day you where... You Jaden over Caleb? Listen, nah, listen, 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 listen. I'm I'm in this space, bro, where... um, And, and I'm glad that I'm, I'm in this space, but, like, I'm in this space where, like, I am glad that we aren't the number one choice. Because I've said on Twitter, literally, like, and I said it on here, matter of fact, I am perfectly fine... I had said this. Right? I am perfectly fine with taking Caleb Williams drafting that the best player overall and finding out if it like finding out that he fails here rather than allowing him to go somewhere else and seeing him be a superstar. Right. But I'm also in this space where like the more I watch other players, um, Jaden included now where I'm like, bro, like, I don't know. Like both those people have their faults and their flaws, but I don't know if um, what Caleb is doing in college is something where I can bank on him, like literally shaking that shake, shaking it off and like shedding his skin and, and growing and maturing into being a more structured quarterback. Uh, and, and that's kind of what, what bothers me. And, and, and when I see Jaden Daniels, I'm like, I don't think that he's a superstar yet, but I do think that for all of the conversation about, him not being able to to process uh on time or 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 like him being a run first quarterback i think that is a a a disrespect uh uh it's a it's a slight to what he actually does in the pocket and what he does as, as a passer like he can read a defense um now granted by the way scout reports are coming out soon um, I've been doing a whole bunch of tape, all those other things. I'm going to be more in detail on those later. But he can read a defense, um, more so half-field half progressions, right, half-field reads. But he can read a defense. He can maneuver in the pocket. He can make throws on time. He can make throws on structure. And most of his scrambles, uh, I mean, excuse me, most, most of his carries or his rushes 
um, if they aren't designed runs, it's him taking off when there is nothing open downfield. Like they they are effective runs. They aren't. I don't trust what I'm seeing. I'm going to take off because I don't. I don't even like. I don't even want to give this play a chance. He's not giving up on a play, and and I think that's kind of where the confusion comes about, especially when you compare Jaden to Drake May specifically. So when I think about Jaden, I think about him as that number two option, not about him being picked over Caleb Williams, um, even though I'm glad that we aren't the number one pick because I would definitely be content with not trading up, keeping our draft picks, and going for Jaden as number two over. Hey, look, can, can I just say this real quick? For sure, I'm ha- No, because, Maul, you're making me so proud right now because <laughs> I remember we had this conversation like two months ago. Now, granted, I know Maul, he hadn't really studied the Jaden Daniels tape recently, you know, at this point. But Maul and AJ both kind of gave me a little bit of pushback when I mentioned Jaden Daniels like a month or two ago. I was like, man, this Jaden Daniels dude. He's going to be something. Maul was like, I remember him a little bit, but I didn't like him too much when I first watched him. AJ was like, ah, Caleb Williams, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, man, just watch out for Jaden. So I know oh, now, man, that man. Maul, now that Maul has had a chance to watch the tape on him, man, he went back and watched him. He looked at him. I feel so good and how I felt about Jaden Daniels. I know Maul know what he's looking at. You know what I'm saying? So he's seen oh, yeah, it man. and I see it. And also, too, I know a knock has been kind of, kind of. I know, I know you ain't about to gloss over the fact that Drake May was your boy. I still like Drake May. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't dislike Drake May. I like all of these. I, look, I'm not attached to Caleb. <laughs> I'm not attached to Drake. I'm not attached to um, Jaden Daniels. I like all three of those dudes, man. And if we're walking out of this draft with one of those guys, personally, I'm content. But I did kind of want to finish this point up on Jaden Daniels. And I mean, because a lot of people are bringing up the fact that, you know, he's been in college for a long time and he's just kind of ascending as that star in a sense. But this is about to be a lot more common, and a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of people think, you know, as a quarterback, if you don't blossom by year two or year three, then you're nothing at this point. But now it's it's a different ball game. It's a different era in college sports. Neil has changed the game. These dudes are actually starting to make money now, so they have more incentive to stay in college. They're developing more. Quarterbacks, a lot of, a lot of it is IQ. Sure, a lot of it is natural ability, but a lot of it is also maturing with the position. And Jaden Daniels has been able to mature at the position. I mean, he's been pretty much essentially a five-year starter in a sense from Arizona State to LSU, and he's he's finally getting the position. I mean, Joe Barrow, hell, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, he had one of the best seasons in college football history, but he has some of the same questions coming out of LSU. They were like, well, this dude didn't really blossom until this last year, but this is about to start to be the norm when it comes to the college football prospects, and a lot of people don't see it yet because this is all still new to everyone, but in a couple of years, like two to three years, the norm is going to be that fifth year guy starting to ascend and get that kind of hype oh yeah i mean i think it's already here because of how the transfer rules are now set up so back in the day when you transferred from a school you had to sit out a whole season now you can transfer from a school and play immediately like so that on top of the nil and guys being able to create not necessarily dream teams but get closer with their boys in a sense to be on the same squad. Um, There's a whole bunch of football camps and uh, sponsored events, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour that happen, uh, seven on sevens, the opening, all these different things where these quarterbacks get to build these relationships with other quarterbacks and wide receivers and so on. 
you're going to see more guys leaving their school if things don't hit to go to another school to to build up their their profile because for real for real college football is their job like they're trying to do whatever to put themselves in the best opportunity to make millions and, and get themselves drafted and take care of their family and be in the best um the best situation because back in the day is like the more film that you put on tape on, on tape the the less likelihood you have of being a high drafted uh pick i mean i've had clients in the past where they they stayed a year too long they should have did they junior year you feel me but you know they kind of let the nfl grading system that you know will allow uh kids to to get some type of suggestion ratings to tell them where they'll get drafted to deter them and, and keep them in for another year. Even you got a guy like Trayvon Henderson, the running back out of Ohio state. There's mm-hmm. no reason for him to be going back to Ohio state. Like NIL money is cool and everything, but it's like, as a running back, you now put more wear and tear on your body and you dropping your value. Now, Cause what, who's to say you don't tear your ACL God forbid at Ohio state, then you screwed. So yeah. it's one of those cases where, Dre, what you're saying is, yeah, I think this is the final year where people realize, like, this is going to be happening all over the place. You got the DJ Ugaletti or whatever. He's now on his third school. Yeah. Where is he at again? He left Oregon Florida, State. You know, where? Florida State. He, he's at Florida State. State. I'll be watching him all year, so I'll tell you more <laughs> next year. <laughs> he's now his his third school. You feel me? Like. Yeah. And even when you look at even the Drake Mays for me, it's like, why didn't you leave UNC? Like, okay, maybe that's home, but were you scared of the bright lights? Yeah, he could have transferred somewhere else. That's bro. like uh, who was cuz that that's like cuz who went to um Notre went, Dame, bro. What was that dude's name? Uh, Sam Hartman. Uh yeah, yeah, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he Drake May could have went to any school and he decided to rock it out with UNC. So it's like for me, it's like, all right, what's happening here? Are you scared of the grid once again? Like, but he's still gonna go. I I got my prediction on Drake May. He's still gonna go top ten, but not top five. Like, damn. Okay, that's a bold prediction. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, let's see how this process plays out, man. But uh, for sure, man. That's my that's my brief update on on Jaden. Now I can't wait to have some more conversations. We do have. AJ and Dre knows as well. For those who are listening, we do have going to have some boots on the ground type type of situation from uh, the Senior Bowl uh, within a week uh, or two. Uh, our, our good man Keith Sanchez is going to be chop, chopping it up with us soon to to talk a little bit ball. And he's an LSU uh, coach, so he knows a little bit about Jaden Daniels. So we're going to tap into uh, my new favorite prospect, <laughs> uh, quarterback prospect. Um, fellas, man, hey, we're gonna be on standby for the rest of this week. Uh, we're assuming that we're gonna have some information. Make, make um, your gonna... prediction. Make your prediction before we end. Who who is going to be? Damn. And, and as the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, your new coach is Mike Mike McDonald. That's who I'm going with. It's gonna be Mike McDonald. I'm a uh. I think I'm a tail Dre, bruh. Um, only because, like, I feel like they want to have this vision of going, like, five-plus years on a on an initial contract. Like, they want to marry the two, uh, GM and head coach together. 
So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Mike McDonald as as the new Commanders head coach, uh, and then that Plan B, I think is uh, Anthony Weaver. Yes. That's my dark horse. Nah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that 63 year old. Oh yeah, the 60, the 60 plus year old. More my dark horse is Anthony Weaver. More got Dan Quinn. But- we we probably gonna end up with Dan Quinn because this fan base. Has oh to man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think it'll be Ron Rivera. Hey, no, what if, hey, bro? What if they say, look, it, it'll be, it, I think it'll be Mike McDonald, man. I think by tomorrow morning or even late tonight, we should know uh, that it'll be Mike McDonald. And I'm also gonna throw in a bonus: Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator if it's Mike McDonald. Yeah, I'm, I'm with. I ain't even scared of being me, John. I think people are have, have been way too focused on what happened this year. I, I don't think that you're wrong in your opinion, but I don't think that you're right in your projection um, on what his offense could look like. Uh, so that's kind of where I am with being me. Um, all right, so we're on standby. Uh, the fellas will be around this week, just in case we do get some breaking news. Uh, we're going to get a, get a schedule going. Maybe get a live stream. In a in a um, what's them things called a uh, uh, an oh an emergency po- emergency podcast. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and try and uh, be on standby in that regard. But with that being said, she lick on standby, Ma. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying. I'd have ran. I, mean, I got a little bit more down in the fridge. You know what I'm saying. Hey. AJ, make sure you have your uh your hookah on deck, bro. You know what I'm yeah. saying. So we so we so we can make sure everybody got something going. Hey, man. Boom. That goes. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Um, appreciate everybody who's been in the chat. This has been a, a an incredible stream in terms of viewership. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody who tapped in uh from start to finish. <laughs> the uh, last one is wild pause. <laughs> what? I'm the Amadi man. Amadi man. That's my <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, hey, bro, Amadi, you my dog, bro. Uh, but appreciate you checking in. I know you said you were gonna be tapping in late. I saw you on the on the Twitter side giving you giving us an update. So appreciate you checking in. But yeah, we gonna stand by, man. Enjoy the rest of y'all night. Uh, and enjoy the rest of y'all week, man. Stay tuned. Don't freak out like some of them people that y'all follow. Hey, oh Lord <laughs> Jesus. Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Die.